So we're here this morning to continue with uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 27, which is called the process of deity worship. And we left off, uh, uh, we're to resume. This is, of course, this whole canto is, is, well, almost all of it is the conversation between Uddhava and Krishna, the final conversation, so to speak, uh, uh, before Krishna uh, departs the world, uh, after the Yadu dynasty has been eliminated <laughs> from uh, competition. and uh, So, uh, so this is one of the topics, is, is, is deity worship. So we have the Bhagavatam, uh, uh, translated by, uh, this, this canto, Prabhupada never finished it. It's done by the 11th canto and 12th canto, a lot of the 10th cantos done by disciples of Srila Prabhupada. Uh, I also have the commentary of Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. And for this particular chapter, um, there's, there's a, a, a deity worship manual commissioned and uh, published by the GBC and in uh, one of the volumes of the supplement uh, they go through this same chapter uh, with a lot more detail because, because the, the Bhagavatam comment, commentaries at least the, the one the BBT does doesn't talk about the practical details of worship well, the, where the, the the manual is a manual for doing it, so um, they give a, a longer explanations of these of the, the verses. So you'll see. So uh, uh, it's taking the the worship for as it has been uh, dealing with the upacharas, gathering the different kinds of uh, uh, ingredients and. Uh, implements for worshiping the, the deity and we've been talking about these three vessels that you need uh, for for deity worship for uh, uh, padya uh, uh, washing the, the, the feet of the Lord uh, agya uh, when we do arti with a conch shell that's agya water it's uh, really for sprinkling on the head uh, but is offered like like that, uh, like for a respectful like reception of somebody, and then um, then the the one that's re- described here as, as uh, mouth for washing the mouth, uh, achaman uh, water uh, for sipping, uh, uh, and so that's that was done in text twenty two talked about. And so, so we have a we have a pujari sit, sitting in the in the altar area and now going to worship the deities. So then, and you see a lot of deity worship is mental. So text twenty three said uh, the translation is the worshipper should meditate upon my subtle form, which is situated within the worshipper's own body, now purified by air and fire as the source of all living entities. This form of the Lord is experienced by self-realized sages 
and the last part of the vibration of the sacred syllable Om. That's the, called the Nada. Uh, when you see the syllable Om written out, there's the Bindu, the dot for the at the end, and then there's a little semicircle underneath it. That's the knot. That's the final, most subtle vibration, and it's a spiritual understanding that the more subtle things are, that is to say subtle means least apparent to the senses, the more powerful they are. And so that even that, that omkara, this final, last, mm, there's that nasal, mm, something, why is that there's the nada. So we just talked about where, where the form of the Lord is, is experienced. So now we're up to text uh, uh, 24. Um, uh, text 23, uh, uh, the explanation here in this Pancharatrika Padipika says this verse refers to purification by pranayama and bhuta shuddhi, uh, purifying the elements of the body. Uh, and, uh, and so that's what that was uh, being done. Uh, and then, and Bhutta Shuddhi is also getting rid of ghosts and distractions and all kinds of things that can bother you. So now we're up to text 24. Now text 24 describes what's called in Sanskrit avahana invoking or calling the deity from one's own heart. Now there's an image, the deity is in front of you, but also you're going to bring the same Lord this way. So, text 24, I'll read the Sanskrit. Tadhyatma bhutaya pinde vyaptisam bhujyatan mayaha avaha the translation is, the devotee conceives of the super-soul whose presence surcharges the devotee's body in the form corresponding to his realization. Thus the devotee worships the Lord to his full capacity and becomes fully absorbed in him. By touching the various limbs of the deity and chanting appropriate mantras, the devotee should invite the super-soul to join the deity's form, and then the devotee should worship me. So this is what it says here. And by that meditation, Atma Bhutaya, according to your realization, Pinde, uh, the physical body. Pinda actually means a round lump. So sometimes Pinda is used to mean the material body. Uh, the Pinda. So that body has become surcharged. Uh, uh, and in this way, uh, uh, he has worshipped the Lord as the super soul who. Who, who, whose energy pervades his own body, and tatmayaya, uh, surcharged by his presence. And then they use the same word, avahya, uh, uh, inviting that same Lord to be within the 
uh, to join with the deity's form, uh, the super soul. Uh, uh, so here there's a commentary. The the body of the of a devotee is uh, pervaded uh, by the supreme lord, just as a house is pervaded by the glow of a lamp. Just as one gestures in a friendly way to indicate that a guest should enter one's house, come in, right? Uh, one touches the body of the deity, chants appropriate mantras, and enthusiastically invites the super soul to enter the form of the deity. Since both the deity and the super-soul are the supreme personality of Godhead, they are not different. One form of the Lord can immediately become manifest in the others. Uh, so here, um, there's also a commentary uh, uh, so, Vishma Chakravarti Thakur translates, has, has commented on this verse, and we have another translation uh, from Banu Swami, who translated Vishma Chakravarti Thakur's commentaries. He, he translates the verse to following the commentary of Vishma Chakravarti. He says, When Paramatma pervades the devotee's body, the devotee filled with Paramatma, in one sense, Paramatma always pervades, but you become conscious of it. Uh, the devotee filled with Paramatma worships the Paramatma there, and then being filled with Paramatma, one calls Paramatma into the deity form and fixes him there. Performing nyasa on the deity's limb, he then worships that form. This word nyasa means you're touching various parts of the body and chant a mantra. We actually do nyasa when we put on tilak, om keshavaya namaha, om naranaya namaha, that's also nyasa. And Vishnu Chakravarti says, the body is pervaded by the effulgence from the paramatma, a form of the deity, just as a room is pervaded by the light of a lamp. One should worship paramatma in the body using articles produced in one's mind. So you can mentally do that. When the body becomes filled with Paramatma, one calls him into the deity form, fixes him there, uh, uh, and performs nyasa on the deity's uh, limb. Now, this procedure of transferring Paramatma would usually only takes place when the form is temporary. So sometimes you sometimes you can make a deity by by using colored dyes on sand and. For, for various purposes, or when uh, we do a fire sacrifice, we have we have the, the what we call Shripat, you know, where, where the the Lord of Sacrifice comes. That's a temporary deity, so you do it there. If you have installed deities in temples, there God's already considered to be there, so you don't you don't invoke him. But when you have the temporary deities, you go through this to uh, to to. Uh, 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 turn that temporary deity, uh, make the temporary deity there with the Lord. Uh, how shall I say it? Yeah, the temporary deity becomes the Lord takes takes form in there, and then at the end there's another thing you do to have him 
go away. Uh, uh, that's what's done there. Uh, in the Pancharaj Gadipika, um, uh, they uh, here uh, talk talk about this. Uh, they say uh, um, yeah, no, we're okay, we've done that already and then 24 oh yeah this, this verse uh, this verse and the previous verse describe uh, what's called Chitta Shuddhi purification of consciousness Dhyana, meditation on the Lord's form, and Manasa Puja, worship within the mind. Verse 24 describes Avahana, invoking or calling the deity from one's own heart. And here they say the same, the Lord is called into a temporary deity, into Argya, uh, Vishesha Argya, uh, that, is, that is to say, uh, that, that, that water you offer in a conch shell uh, in that, that part of the ceremony into water for bathing the deity and into fire for yajna so that's also mentioned by meditation, mantras and mudras one invites the Lord to the desired place and then offers protection by nyasa touching different parts of the body and chanting mantras and they give the page numbers if you really want to know where you touch and what mantras you say you can find it so it's 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 there, uh, um, and then they give a very interesting meditation here. Uh, uh, when you meditate on the Lord, uh, 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 they quote Goswami pointing out that this jhana, this meditation, should be on the form of the Lord, situated in His eternal abode not as for the yogis on the form of the Lord in the heart and worship the super soul. So this is uh, uh, the, the Bhagavan feature. And now in here they, they give from the Hari Bhakti Vilas an extensive meditation on Krishna. Uh, and you can perform this jhana uh, if you're worshipping Radha Krishna. I'll, I'll read a few paragraphs from here. It goes on for several pages just give you an idea. First you start with the land of Vrindavan. The pure land of Vrindavan is cooled by the presence of trees whose tender branches are laden with clusters of new buds and the most attractive flowers. These trees are flowering with honey and saturated with heavenly fragrances and, in their, tr and their trunks are entwined with vines decorated with clusters of fresh flowers. So you think yourself into this place, right? The heart of Vrindavan resounds with the humming of swarming bees who have come to taste the nectar from the blossoming flowers and with the cries of the doves, parrots, and cuckoos. Everywhere the peacocks dances. Uh, I'm skipping, skipping around a little bit, uh, skipping over some. In the midst of Vrindavan stands a towering Kalpa Riksha, desire tree, bestower of all desires, whose branches are coral, whose leaves are emeralds, whose bouquet of buds are diamonds and pearls, and whose fruits are rubies. 
Served by the seasons, personified, it produces all kinds of flowers simultaneously. At the base of the nectar-showering Kalpa Riksha tree is an area that shines as brilliant as the sun rising over a range of solid gold mountains. Sparkling with inlaid jewels and glowing with heaps of golden pollen, this place is completely freed from the waves of lamentation, illusion, old age, death, hunger, and thirst. And then you're zooming in. On the jewel inlaid floor of an exquisite asana in the form of an eight-petaled lotus, tinged in the color of dawn, in the center, as resplendent as the rising sun, sits Lord Mukunda in a comfortable pose. And then they describe the Lord uh, for quite a few verses. Uh, I'll just read one. On his head rest ornaments of parijata blossoms, attended eagerly by swarms of bees, and on his ears are fresh flowers. In the middle of his forehead, surrounded by stray locks of hair, shines vertical bright yellow tilak between a pair of long creeper-like eyebrows. His face shines like the flawless moon of the autumn season, and his eyes are wide like lotus petals. His mirror-like cheeks glitter with the rays of, from his jeweled shark-shaped earrings. His beautiful nose points upward gracefully, and his tender smile, resembling the moon, a jasmine, or a mandara flower, illuminate all his features. Uh, then I'll skip some. Sri Krishna is an ocean of unlimited bliss. From his flute, made perfect by the association with his lotus face, arise transcendental ragas as he moves his finger in a simple way. Hearing those ragas, all the creatures and their offspring become attracted and stunned, their hearts melted. Then it starts to go on and describe Krishna's associates, the cows, the cowherd boys, uh, anyway, the gopis, and so on. So that's, what, that's how you meditate. If you have all day. This <laughs> 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 is time-consuming, but it's wonderful. Okay. So now we come to verses uh, 25 and 26. Uh, here in this book, they're, they're, they're translated uh, together. Verse 25 will describe Pitta Puja, a worship of the place where the Lord is situated with his various associates. Because God is a person, Prabhupada said once, you'll never find Krishna by himself. He's very social. To be a person is to be in relationship with other persons, and then by their interactions, personality comes out, is, is, is developed, expands, increases. So this is 25. Uh, that, that verse describes uh, this Pitta Puja worshipping the place where he's situated with his various associates, who get mentioned. And 26 describes the offering of upacharas, the various articles, before bathing of the deity. So I'll, I'll read these here uh, in Sanskrit. I have it on my screen, too. Uh, it goes like this. Padyo 
Padyo Pasparshaharanadin Upacharan Prakalpayet Dharma Divishanaivabhi Kalpayitvasanam Mama Padma Ashtadalam Tatra Kurnika Kesharorjvalam Ubhayam Vedatantrabhyam Mahyam Tubya Excuse me, Mahyam Tubaya Siddhaye. The worshipper should first imagine my seat as decorated with the personified deities of religion, knowledge, renunciation, and opulence, and my nine spiritual energies. He should think of the Lord sitting, the Lord's sitting place, as an eight-petaled lotus effulgent on account of the saffron filaments within its whorl. Then, following the regulations of both the Vedas and the Tantras, he should offer me water for washing washing the feet, water for washing the mouth, argya and other items of worship. By this process, he achieves both material enjoyment and liberation. Now, this description is really of, of Krishna in his Narayan form, his four-handed form in Vaikuntha. Whereas the one I read here from uh, Hari Bhakti Vilas is Krishna and Vrindavan. The, 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 I think, think of Krishna as two features. One, uh, one, one is his, his, his uh, I should say, his opulence, his glories, and the other is his sweetness, sweetness, right? So the and of course usually so the Lord as Narayan, his opulence is very you're very aware of his greatness, his majesty, his Aishvarya actually having all the characteristics of greatness. So his Aishvarya is is manifest, and, and therefore he's usually worshipped in awe and reverence. Because you're very conscious how great the Lord is and how little I am. So you stand off and offer respectful prayers like this. But that deprives Krishna of intimate relationships. Therefore, as Krishna in Vrindavan, the, the, the Madhurya, the sweetness dial is turned way up and the, 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 the majesty is turned down. So, the devotees of Krishna and Vrindavan, they, they know he's God, but it's sort of in an abstract way. Yeah, that's cool that he's God. But <laughs> what they really is they appreciate that he's Krishna and, and their deep love for him. So, like, the, 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 that majesty stuff kind of gets in their way. Uh, you know, we have the, the, the Brahma Samhita, and it begins, Chintamani Prakara Sarmasu this describes Vrindavan, and it describes a rural scene uh, that that here is a village boy uh, who's just a cowherd. That's not like a very elevated occupation. You know, you're not you're not sitting on a throne in a palace. You're in a village surrounded by trees. You know, the forest, the woods. He's a village boy, barefoot village boy and so and he's herding cows there's these 
you know, village girls who basically milk cows and make yogurt and all that other kind of stuff. So they like, but what this says that that the houses, the field stones that they make their houses, does just look like rocks, but actually each stone is a chintamani. Chintamani is that spiritual gem. You touch it to anything, it turns like regular metal into gold. This is chintamani, prakara sadmaju, kalpaviksha. And all those trees that in this forest, they're like kalpaviksha, a desire tree. They give you any fruit you want. Uh, and there's battles fought for a kalpaviksha. And the cows, the surabi cow is a cow, again, that gives you uh, everything. If you perform a sacrifice with a milk from a surabi cow or ghee from a surabi cow, everything will be fulfilled. Bhagavatam has a description of a big battle that was fought over one cow. But these cows, there's herds of cows, every one of them is a surabi cow. And in each of those gopis, those village girls, not very fashionably dressed or anything, they're farm people. Each one of them is a Lakshmi, a goddess of fortune. Hundreds of them. You know. So this is so this is this is Krishna. All that opulence is there, but it's covered so that that the, the, his sweetness, his Madhurya, uh, can overpower his Aishvarya. Uh, so here, where, where this description in the Bhagavatam. Is is not not describing Vrindavan Krishna, but Krishna in Dwarka or Krishna in Vaikuntha. So here his associates are the these things you 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 have to 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 honor him with. So first you think of this, of having this seat. But first it mentions talking about padya, that's the water for bathing feet, uh, upashprisha, uh, this achman water. Uh, this, <laughs> this verse gives a little correction here about this idea for achman, which is translated here, washing the mouth. But it's not really, it's for sipping. Uh, when we do achman, it's, it's water for sipping. It's not really a, a mouthwash water. Water for washing the mouth is not technically correct. <laughs> Rather, achman or achamaniya is meant for sipping while chanting mantras. So that's the same thing as there. Uh, so the Lord performs achman for the same purpose. You purify your mouth by sipping and then you can uh, chant mantras. Uh, it's water for washing the mouth is when you're offering food after that you give that that kind of water anyway that's it they make a correction a little correction here for the you, you know you know how deity worship people get their very punctilious <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 so they, they correct that so that's that list and this argya this this uh, arhana or water that's Actually, it's it's a it's a kind of a reception, but basically the guest is supposed to take the water and sprinkle it on the head. But we offer it in a concha like like that. It's a sort of a ceremony. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, 
So then you should uh, you should think of the the Lord and uh, with with that with that paraphernalia, and you should think of uh, him surrounded by. It says here Dharma etc. Uh, the, the the personifications of uh, uh, well what they really are 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 uh, uh, Dharma uh, uh, religion for the lack of a better word Jnana knowledge, vairagya, renunciation, and aishvarya is mentioned here, opulence. These are the uh, uh, um, uh, uh, the, the associates of the Lord in their personified forms. You, what, what it says here, uh, the, the, the purport to the BBT, they say religion, knowledge, renunciation, and opulence are the legs of the Lord's sitting platform and occupy the four corners beginning with the southeast. So this is the idea. That you're thinking of this eight-petaled lotus and so you have this Dharma, Jnana, Vairagya, Naisvarya, Vishma, Chakravarti, says in the southeast, southwest, northwest, northeast corner and then in the other corners the opposite, Adharma, Ajnana, Avairagya, and Anishvarya are <laughs> on, the other, on the other, these things. And then it says in the, the, uh, uh, the other associates that you have to think of is the, um, uh, the, 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 the nine energies of the Lord, uh, the, the, the Shaktis of the Lord. Uh, uh, who are uh, described here as Vimala these are all feminine form Vimala, Utkarshini Jnana, Kriya, Yoga Pravi, Satya Ishana uh, Anugraha these are the uh, associates here Uh, here they say Um, the temple uh, uh, is a replica of the Lord's spiritual abode, whose appearance and dimensions the scriptures define. The palace in Vaikuntha, uh, uh, oh, I'm reading the wrong one. Yeah. I'll go ahead. The palace in Vaikuntha has four gates guarded by four pairs of guards. Also present at the entrance are the Lord's associates and energies. Uh, to gain access to the Lord, the devotees must first gain the favor of the guards and the associates. This he does by worshipping them. By worshipping the Lord's associates, the devotee recognizes that without their mercy, approaching the Lord is impossible. Uh, 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 so we always say uh, that, that Krishna is uh, pleased with when he's being worshipped, but he's even more pleased when his associates and his devotees are are, are being uh, uh, worshipped. Um, And uh, let's see what else they say here. 
go on. Uh, now they're c- continuing with the list of the Lord's associates. So 27 begins. Sudarshanam panchajanyam gadadishu danurhalam mushalam kastubam malam shivatsam chanupujayet. One should worship in order the Lord's Sudarshan disc, his panchajanya conch shell, his club, sword, bow, arrow, and plow, his mushala weapon, his kastupa gem, his flower garland, and the Srivat's curl of hair on his chest. So this is a list. All of these things, uh, Anupujayat, you should worship them one after the other. Um, Vishma Chakravarti says, the weapons from disc to pestle, they call it a pestle here, <laughs> are located in the eight, eight directions, uh, and then the Kastuba garland and Srivat's are on the Lord's chest. So these are there in, uh, in uh, how do you say, uh, uh, personified form. Uh, they're, all, they're, they're devotees. They're conscious. Uh, even though, uh, uh, so he has this, this, this thing, his Sudarshan, the, 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 the discus, the conch shell, Panchajanya. Uh, uh, that's his name. Gada. Now here, the word Gada is club. Uh, Asi, sword. Ishu, arrows. Danu, bow. Then Hala, the plow. The, you see, Lord Balaram has a what looks like a plow. But actually, I wanted to find out about this plow. And um, there is actually a plow weapon like uh, for military uh, use, something like a plow. Uh, uh, the, the, so so uh, that's the plow. And they say here, mushala weapon. Uh, mushala is usually des- described as a, as a club. Here, the, here Bhanuswami translated as pestle, because they got another, gada is a club, M- mushala is a club. Uh, one of Balaram's name, Mushalayuda, who fights with a club. Remember, he's very famous for being a club fighter. They're all kshatriyas; they're warriors, so they, you know they have they, they have, that's their job is to fight sometimes. So Lord Balaram especially has this Mushala, Mushalayuda. One of Balaram's name is Duryodhana Guru, the Guru of Duryodhana, because he taught him how to fight with a club. Uh, and Duryodhana was very, even though he was an enemy of the of the Pandavas, it was, it was doesn't, this what Balaram did. He taught him how to fight with a club. So he has this club weapon. See, we have him up there with a with a club on one side and a plow on the other. Uh, uh, but that's a mushala. So the, it's some kind. They're different. I, I, I can't find out what's the differences between a gutta and a mushala. But they're both. <laughs> Kinds of clubs, you know, for 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 fighting pestle, you know, to think of it, you know, mortar and a pestle. But anyway, and so then he also has this uh, Shivas uh, weapon uh, here. So 
So, so here uh, they, they, they point out uh, in this book with... Uh, uh, so now, now let me go further. Now they go on and, and name some more of the Lord's associates. Nandam sunandam gaurutam prachandam chandamevacha mahabalam balam shaiva kumudan kamudesh vishakam. One should worship the Lord's associates, Nanda and Sunanda, Garuda, Pachanda and Chanda, Mahabala and Bala, Kumuda and Kumudekshana. Vishnu uh, uh, Chakravarti says, One worships these associates in their respective places, facing them. The eight associates are in their eight directions, and Garuda in the front. Garuda is, of course, his carrier. Is vahana that that he 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 rides, uh, and so here. Uh, they mention here uh, in the Pancharatrika Padipika book, although present-day temple structures may not conform to scriptural descriptions, since the Lord is present in the temple, His abode is also present. Though we cannot see it, therefore the devotee may still worship the Lord's doorkeepers and associates. This is often done through meditation after one enters the deity worship and sit down at an asana. Actually, all this puja can be done by meditation. If you if you don't have the thing, you can you can you can, you can do it all, and it's just as good. I mean. To, the point of all these things is to achieve and maintain a relationship with Krishna. And Krishna responds to the devotee. When entering the deity worship for the first time in the day, the pujari should remember the associates, beg their permission to enter and render the Lord's service. That's very nice. You remember them. These are his eternal associates. You think of them. You have a really good memory. You can say their names and, and, and all those things, or you can just take the book with you and read them. <laughs> Done that a lot of times. So then, uh, uh, text number uh, twenty-nine uh, goes on uh, and and. Uh, 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 talks about offering uh, um, uh, where are we okay here they are uh, other associates are mentioned Durgam Vinayakam Vayam Vishvaksena Gurum Suran Svesestane Tvabhimukkam Pujayet Prokshanadibihi. With offering such as Prokshana, uh, Prokshana means water for sprinkling. Basically, the idea of Prokshana, sprinkling water, or you sprinkle water on things. We do that all the time. Make offerings of Prokshana. With offerings such as Prokshana, one should worship Durga, Vinayaka, Vyasa, Vishvaksena, the spiritual masters, and the various demigods. All these personalities should be in their proper place, facing uh, 
the the deity of the Lord. So here's more of them. And the BBT has a purport here. According to Srila Jiva Goswami, the Ganesh and Durga, this word here, uh, uh, Vinayaka, uh, is an, another name for Ganesh. Uh, according to Srila Jiva Goswami, the Ganesh and Durga mentioned in this verse are not the same personalities present within the material world. Rather, they are eternal associates of the Lord in Vaikuntha. In this world, Ganesh, the son of Lord Shiva, is famous for awarding financial success. And the goddess Durga, the wife of Lord Shiva, is famous as the external illusory potency of the Supreme Lord. The personalities mentioned here, however, are eternally liberated associates of the Lord who reside in the spiritual sky beyond the material manifestation. Srila Jiva Goswami quotes from various Vedic literatures to prove that the name Durga may also indicate the internal potency of the Lord who is none different uh, from him. The external or covering potency of the Lord expands from the original Durga. The Durga of the material world is called Mahamaya, assuming the function of bewildering the living entities. Thus a devotee should not fear becoming polluted by worshipping the Durga mentioned here, who has the same name as illusion, but rather the devotee must show respect to these eternal servitors of the Supreme Lord in Vaikuntha. That's their uh, commentary on here. When, when there, there's a, the, the book of, that, that we use for Bhagavatam, the Sanskrit, uh, is one that was published by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Gaudiamat, and it has the commentaries of many previous acharyas in it. Uh, one time when Prabhupada was traveling, and, and they they didn't have a copy of the book wherever he was, somehow or other it wasn't there, and, and and so at the time I was able to check out books from the University of Pennsylvania Library, so I found it. I found I found that that. Uh, that, that Bhagavatam that, that Bhakti Siddhanta had published with all the commentaries. Uh, the book is in Sanskrit and Bengali. I got it from the library and, and uh, checked it out and, and, and sent it to, with Prajumna, with, with Srila Prabhupada, so he could continue his translation with a copy of this book, praying that I would, get it, <laughs> I would renew it. I would renew it every month. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that it would come back. <laughs> that I wouldn't lose one volume of this, this big collection. So I saw what it was like, you know, with one verse and then commentators, depending on which canto, five, six, eight different acharyas or their commentators. And then when Prabhupada would translate, he would sit there and look, read all the commentaries and then write his own and sometimes quote from the others. And, and th- so... Uh, uh, Gopi Pranadana, when they did this book, they did the same thing. So that's how they can say, you know, what what, Vishwana, what Jiva Goswami says about this particular text, uh, 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 like that. Uh, so the, here they're, they're talking about all these different uh, 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 deities here, uh, and it says uh, here in this this particular. Uh, deity worship manual uh, recognizing that the Lord is never alone 
and that he can be satisfied only if one offers his devotees respect. The pujari can simply remember all the paraphernalia and personalities described in verses 27 through 29 when he begins worshipping of the deity. In the worship of Radha Krishna, remembering the Lord's associates in Goloka Vrindavan and the Mahajanas is preferred to remembering the Vaikuntha residents mentioned this verse. They point that out here. Most important is to remember the spiritual master, who is the sum total of all the demigods. Srila Jiva Goswami refers to this verse in his Bhakti Sandarbha, pointing out, and they, they make the same point as, as uh, we did here, that these are not these are the Lord's associates in Vaikuntha and, uh, and not their expansions as the Devatas in this world here. So, so that's the associates you remember. And you can see, we have a little more time. I've got two more minutes to talk. Uh, um, uh, I'll continue with that, that little uh, thing from the Hari Bhakti Vilas. So here's how you think of Krishna and his associates. Sri Krishna is surrounded by cows with long, slender tails. They approach him with an unsteady gait, for their udders are swollen with milk. Their large eyes become glued to the lotus face of the Lord, while half-chewed tender shoots of grass remain poised on the ends of their teeth. The cows in Vrindavan, although they're animals, they think of Krishna as their calf. And he actually became their calves in one pastime, so they could actually, you know have further access to them when he expanded as the boys and the calves, you know. So they have a maternal feelings uh, toward Krishna. Uh, the newborn calves remain motionless, their beauty enhanced by the milk foam flowing from their small lips and teeth, which, which they have so eagerly sucked at the full udders. They cock their little ears to hear the deep enchanting notes from his flute. The older calves, with colorful blankets around their throats and little horns emerging from their soft heads, raise their tails, butt each other, playfully gallop this way and that, and finally gather around the Lord. The massive bulls, laden with the burden of their huge humps, lowing deeply, approach him lazily. But when the liquid nectar from the flute enters their cocked ears, they flare their nostrils and tilt up their heads. The cowherd boys, similar to Krishna in character, blissful nature, age, activities, and dress, play sweet low melodies on their flutes and venus. They sing graceful tunes, and with their arms extended they dance very expertly. The babies, with little lisping words in their mouth, tiger claws hanging from their necks, uh, and jingling bells attached to their ankles and fat bellies also approach the Lord. The attractive cowherd girls, their waists marked with three lines, come forward eager to serve him. They sway with the weight of their broad, heavy hips, and their heads bow beneath the piles of abundant hair. The desire trees of their bodies, drenched with the nectar from his flute, sprout goosebumps like flowers blossoming on a vine. Uh, 
The ocean of prema in the gopis' hearts expands due to the moonbeam smiles of Nanda's sun and the splashing from those rushing waves of prema appear as drops of perspiration on the bodies of the laboring gopis. Uh, and then it goes on and talks about, uh, anyway, one more verse about the gopis. From his long uh, bowed eyebrows he shoots sharp glances, a shower of deadly arrows of love that breaks the vulnerable points in the composure of the gopis. Disturbed but unsubmitting, they try to suppress the painful trembling that begins to afflict all the parts of their bodies. But eager to drink the nectar of the incomparable form of Krishna, with half-closed, bashful eyes, they furtively glance upon him, and thus they continue to float in the streams of prema. Anyway, there's more. (laughs) That's that's an idea of meditating on Krishna's associates in Vrindavan. Uh, uh, like that. According to your own particular way you're attracted to the Lord, you can do uh, whatever you facilitates your relationship. Okay, so we'll stop there and see if there are any questions or comments. People can text them in on the Mayapur TV site. You can call them in on the uh, phone. Um, we have our live studio audience. <laughs> Shraddha will call on people of you and raise your hand or whatever. Okay, good. Um, so this isn't an esoteric question. I was just wondering, as a religion major, you brought up in one sentence the word description and scripture. It was just a sentence you were mm-hmm. reading. I'm just wondering if there's any Connection that actually a description of something of something should be came from the word scripture. I think the two English words are related uh, etymologically. Description and, and scripture, script and script is there, uh, ha- having to do with with, with uh, writing. I, I'd have to look them up, but but uh, that that just has to do with the English language, not so much with with re- religion. Ramananda asks, uh, he says, please accept my humble obeisances. We are jiva, separate and distinct from a material body. I am confused as to how one can call the Lord to enter into material elements, and then again ask him to leave in a temporary morti. The Padma Purana says, Arche Vishnu Shila Deer, but to me it sounds like the Lord enters and exits, and therefore the body of the deity is matter, whereas the soul of the Lord enters the deity. Sound, sound for dumb question. Yeah, well, that idea of getting the Lord to enter and dismiss is for the purposes of certain rituals, that this object, which is a, a secular object, can be now treated as the Lord. He'll agree to accept your worship in that form. Uh, and so that's for this, the, these, these temporary deities. Actually, as a matter of fact, nothing is different from Krishna. Yet, Krishna is different from everything. 
That's our philosophy of a chincha beta beta tattva. There's nothing but Krishna because uh, there's Krishna and Krishna's energies. Uh, but Krishna's energies are Krishna in another form. So uh, uh, this is uh, when I was a new devotee. I was uh, walking with Prabhupada and some devotees in Vrindavan, uh, New Vrindavan rather. Uh, and there were trees everywhere, and he started talking about how everything is spirit, because everything is Krishna's energy, and so ultimately everything is spirit. And he, he used the example that this wood that we're seeing growing in the trees all around us is actually fire in another form. He says the sunlight comes and the, tree makes the, and the tree grows wood and it looks like something different. But if you take the wood and you can ignite it, then again the fire comes back out again. So the wood is just another form of fire. So he says, so actually matter is just another form of spirit. Spirit meaning in relationship with Krishna, in contact with Krishna. So at that point I got a little bewildered. And when I got a chance, I asked Prabhupada, I said, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly new devotee. And I'm spending all my time trying to understand the difference between matter and spirit. Aham brahmasmi, I am spirit, but I'm not this, this body, you know, I'm... That's the first thing you know, I'm not this body. Uh, and so I'm trying to discriminate between matter and spirit, and now you're saying that everything is spirit, so now I'm a little bewildered. And Prabhupada just looked at me, and he said something that took me quite a while to understand. He said, we are not mayavadis, we're not impersonalists. He said, there are different kinds of spirit. <laughs> That's what he said. So, so th- there's a wonderful uh, commentary uh, in uh, 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 to the Bhagavad Gita, in which Prabhupada describes sacrifice. Brahmarpanam uh, Brahmahavir. Do you know this verse? Brahmarpanam Brahmahavir Brahmagno Brahmanatam. That 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 sacrifice or in our cases, Sankirtan Yajna, or deity worship, any of these activities. I mean, the, the verse is about fire sacrifice. Brahmarpanam, Brahmahavir, Brahma. It's talking about the offering, the havi, the fire, uh, all the things that you offer, the mantras you chant, all these things become Brahman. Uh, uh, and, and so... When, when the sacrifice is made. Uh, and so that sacrifice is the process, as Prabhupada says, of converting matter into spirit. But actually, he, everything is spirit, because everything is in relationship to Krishna. The illusion of matter arises, maya arises, when we alienate what belongs to Krishna from Krishna. So that by, by the process of using all our senses and the object of the senses in Krishna's service, we again re-spiritualize matter. But it's a real spirit. We're just bringing, we're removing the, the illusory cover. And, and that illusion, Prabhupada calls, is sense gratification. 
In other words, I'm taking something that belongs to God and is His, and I am now going to use it myself. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to become God, the enjoyer and the controller. It's my, so every, each one of us in the material, we have a God project. I am the enjoyer. I am the controller. I remember that I heard a tape of Prabhupada talking to some Indian guy who was from South India and was a Christian. And he had obviously, he had, he had obviously been uh, uh, converted to Christianity by people telling him a standard line of Christian missionaries. Because he repeated this line to Prabhupada. He said to Prabhupada, how can you worship a God who's an adulterer? Krishna enjoys the gopis who are officially married to other men. So he's an adulterer. So the Christian missionaries, in contrast, the sterling character of Jesus, who is apparently celibate, uh, some think Mary Magdalene, but that's another story. But, but the orthodox idea is that he was, you know, how can you, but with the character of Krishna, who is an adulterer, how can you think of that? So he repeated this, he said to Prabhupada, how can you worship a God who is an adulterer? And Prabhupada looked at him and he said, he said, Krishna is not the adulterer, you are the adulterer. All women belong to Krishna. <laughs> That's what he said to him, you know? And the guy was really speechless. <laughs> and, and the proof to me that what Prabhupada said was really potent because I felt this pang of envy. And I thought, you mean not just one for me? <laughs> All? <laughs> I, realized, I realized, you know, we're competing with God in different ways to be the... Because God is the enjoyer and God is the controller. And so everybody's got their God project. They want to be the biggest enjoyer. They want to be the biggest controller. Go to Manhattan, you know, and their big palaces, their skyscrapers. Their, you know, I have this. I have so much now. I, you know, this is the that's the project. That, that 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 that's that's what people are doing. When we have that idea, uh, the, the, then then God disappears. I mean, we can go go through the official worship, or we can actually worship Him. Please help me with my enjoyment. But you won't really experience Krishna. You'll experience probably some Deva, Durga, or you know, one of those people. But Dehi, when you worship Durga, Dehi, 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 give me this, give me that. Uh, uh, our, our, our temple, uh, one of our temples in Philadelphia, was very in the neighborhood of the Central Association of the Miraculous Medal, a, a Christian organization. And they gave, they, they handed out these medallions of the Virgin Mary. And with it came a little booklet with testimonials that people prayed for things and they got it. And I've seen Durga manuals with the same <laughs> exact thing, you know. So that's the idea about this Durga and that Durga, you know, the Durga that you worship for your own sense gratification. If you prayed to Mary to please bring me closer to Jesus, that would be devotional service. If you prayed to Mary, you know, please give me this or give me that, you know. 
So a lot of religion is like that. Give me this, give me that, you know. You see, you see, send a guy a wallet and he prays over it and he comes back and then there's testimonials, how it filled with money, you know. This is in America. But the same thing is going on in India. Before the examination, Saraswati's temple is full of kids trying to pass their exams and so on. This is one kind of religion. But actually, you know, the, the real thing is that you, you worship Krishna and you worship Krishna for Krishna. And you can worship anybody else, but if you pray for Krishna, that's fine. But if we're alienating what belongs to Krishna, so that's one nice thing about bhakti yoga, is you take that, that part of the place where we're kind of most intimately connected with the material world, eating. And we say, and I, okay, I have to eat to keep the body alive, but actually everything that I eat, I'm going to take I offer to Krishna to satisfy Krishna, and then I take the remnants as prasadam, Krishna's mercy. That's a process of re-spiritualization, even on the most basic animal platform. You know that that's really why that's very very good. One one time, I I, I was uh, looking for a new temple, and there was a there was a synagogue for sale. And I went to see the rabbi with another devotee. They look at it, and he saw us. We were dressed as as devotees, and he kind of never realized what we were. And so he started talking to us about what do we do, and he liked us. He said, "You know, we, we explained the uh, things we do." Uh, and uh, 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 so he was an Orthodox rabbi too. He was going to move back to Jerusalem, be with his brother, and you know. So anyway, anyway, uh, sort of at the end, he he he, he said, uh, 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 "Do you observe the Sabbath?" Uh, and uh, 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 and uh, we I said, "Well, uh, um, for us, every every day is the Sabbath." He says, no. He says, uh, uh, no. Uh, uh, the Lord says, uh, uh, six days you work and the seventh day is for me. I said, uh, and, and I said, everything we do is for God. Everything we do for God. I said, you, uh, oh, this is what happened. I said, you observe, the, I said, yes. He says, yes, six days you work and the seventh day you don't do any work. I said, yeah, but on the Sabbath, that's the day you work the most. You have people coming and doing everything. You're working. And, 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 and uh, I said, I said uh, so I said, so you work very hard. He says, ah, he said, but that is for God. And then I said, everything, well, everything we do is for God. He said, how do you eat? <laughs> 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 and he had a kitchen, you know, he had, he, had, he had two refrigerators, and he kept very kosher and everything like that. We saw the whole place, you know. How do you eat, he said. And I, I didn't have, I couldn't explain it. Well, you know, we offer all our... <laughs> but, but the idea about bhakti, by, by engaging, bhakti is describing, it's rishikesha, rishikena sevanam, engaging the senses in the service of the master of the senses. And so that the way the, the senses become purified. 
And then that is a way that matter regains its original spiritual quality, is how, 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 how Prabhupada, uh, Prabhupada uh, defines it. Uh, uh, I can find the verse in a very interesting purport. I'll do that. Any other questions or comments? Yeah. Um, Akendra S. He says the meditation given from Hari Bhakti Vilas is that considered to have been revealed to Sanatana Goswami, or does it have another shastric source? Also, before we answer that, Ratnabhushna says in verses four twenty-four. Yeah, I got it right here now. Uh, thank you. I'm glad. He, I can, I never remember verse numbers. Um, the the uh, I don't I don't know. I don't have the Hari Bhakti Vilas. But it sounds to me like it's his experience of his own spiritual vision of the... He's certainly qualified to do that. Uh, yeah, here, here's the purport. He says... Uh, there are various activities in Krishna consciousness, but here the principle of Krishna consciousness, this Brahmarpanam Brahma, Prabhupada's translation is not literal at all. A person who is fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness is sure to attain the spiritual kingdom because of his full contribution to spiritual activities in which the consummation is absolute and that which is offered is of the same spiritual nature. But the literal, you can see the word for word is here. That the arpanam, uh, the offering, uh, the, is Brahman, spiritual. The havi, uh, the butter, is spiritual. Uh, Brahmagnao, the fire which consumes, is Brahman. Uh, uh, the offer, the, uh, the, the, that which is offered, is also Brahman. And what is attained? What is to be reached is Brahman at Brahma Karma Samadhinam and by complete absorption in all activities that are also Brahman. That's basically what it says. Everything becomes Brahman. Uh, he says, so, uh, a conditioned soul entangled in material contamination is sure to act in the material atmosphere yet he has to get out of such an environment. So this is the process, Krishna consciousness. Uh, the, uh, that process is generally known as yajna or activities, sacrifices, simply meant for the satisfaction of Vishnu or Krishna. The more the activities of the material world are performed in Krishna consciousness or for Vishnu only, the more the atmosphere becomes spiritualized by complete absorption. The word Brahma means spiritual. The Lord is spiritual, and the rays of his transcendental body are called Brahma Jyoti, his spiritual effulgence. Everything that exists is situated in that Brahma Jyoti. But when the Jyoti is covered by illusion, maya, or sense gratification, it is called material. This material avail, veil can be removed at once by Krishna consciousness, thus the offering for the sake of Krishna consciousness, the consuming, here's another translation of the verse, right? The offering for the sake of Krishna consciousness, 
the consuming agent of such an offering or contribution, the process of consumption, the contributing, the contributor and the result are all combined together Brahman or the Absolute Truth. The Absolute Truth covered by Maya is called matter. Matter dovetailed for the cause of the Absolute Truth regains its spiritual quality. Krishna consciousness is the process of converting the illusory consciousness into Brahman or the Supreme. When the mind is fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness, it is said to be in samadhi or trance. I mean, that's the goal of the yoga system is in samadhi. So this is a way, this by bhakti yoga, you can go through the whole day doing everything in samadhi. It's not a specialized activity. You have to go off in the corner somewhere, up to the mayas or so like that. Anything done in such transcendental consciousness is called yajna or sacrifice for the absolute. In that condition of spiritual consciousness, the contributor, the consumption, the performer, or leader of the performance, and the result or ultimate gain, everything becomes one in the absolute, the supreme Brahman. This is the method of Krishna consciousness. That's, that's the purport. Brilliant. And you can think about this one and read it for a long time. Uh, and it's very because what's actually literally being described in the text is the traditional Vedic yajna or fire sacrifice. But that sacrifice, if if you do it, and people perform it for material results. But if you start to perform it with full consciousness, this is this is what happens. And of course, for this age, this, the sacrifice is sankirtan yajna, and that's. Uh, uh, another uh, uh, form of uh, doing the same thing there's the sacrifice for the age anyway anything else I was curious about this um, sure. okay. I, I was just curious about in, in back on text 24 mm-hmm. is that 24? yeah this um, Atma where it gets translated, you know, the devotee conceives of the super soul whose presence surcharges the devotee's body in the form corresponding to his realization. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get a sense of an example of different realizations and how that would, you know, change. Well, I mean, you take the basically Brahman realization, Paramatma realization, Bhagavan realization, and here. Uh, the, uh, the Bhagavan is seen as the Lord of Vaikuntha, mm-hmm. but but for somebody like uh, Jiva Goswami or Rupa Goswami, this Krishna and Vrindavan. Mm-hmm. So, so got, that, it, got it. Go ahead. Thank you. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. Okay. So let me. How far do we get? We got up. We did text twenty nine. So we'll start with next uh, class with text. 30 and 31 again. No class next week. Oh, no class next week. Yeah, I'll be in New York City. The week after next, we'll resume where we left off. Okay, thank you very much. Shri Prabhupada, Ki Jai, Shri Bhagavatam, Ki Jai.